we do need the Lord more than we ever know. And uh, tell you, the question's been asked: Would you be well? You know, what, what if somebody was going to give you a million dollars, but you had to go a day without prayer? And it's an interesting question. Thankfully, you know, it's one of those scenarios you're never going to face. But man, I'd be, I would not want to go without prayer. And and it's the same because it's it's so important. Yet at the same time. We probably go days without prayer all the time. But boy, when you've been in that place where there's really nothing that you can do other than pray, boy, it's very valuable during those times. And there's, I tell you, there's been many times where, you know, the situation, it seemed pretty hopeless. There was nothing that could be done. But boy, it was always so comforting to know I could go to the Lord and I could turn to Him in prayer and just ask Him, Lord, there's nothing I can do about this, Lord. I need you to do a work. I need you to do something. And you know what? The Lord always comes through. He always does. And I tell you, we could we could probably, if we wanted right now, we could take testimonies on prayer and just uh, how the Lord has answered prayers and things He's done. But at the same time, though, what I want to talk about today is are the unanswered prayers. Because unfortunately, we probably talk about those more than we talk about the answered prayers. And uh, many times the unanswered prayers are why many people do not pray. I would say that most of the time when we don't pray, it's because we're just not expecting our prayers to be answered. I've given this illustration before. I'll use it again. You know, if you found out that I was going to give you a million dollars and all you had to do is ask, but you didn't get it simply because you didn't ask, well, you'd be asking all the time after that. But nobody's going to ask me that because they don't expect me to do that. They don't think that I could do that. And you'd be absolutely right. I could write you a check, but uh, you'd have fun all the way till you got to the bank and they wouldn't cash it. But sometimes that's how we are with God. It's like we don't think He can do it. We don't think He can answer that prayer. And many times it's because of unanswered prayers. And listen, if you've ever been discouraged in your prayer life before, I'm not going to beat you up today because really one of the best individuals in the Bible one that God had only good things to say about, we see a time when he was pretty discouraged in his prayer life. And I want you to look at the words of Job in chapter 23. Job chapter 23. Because there, I tell you, there's been times in my life I've felt this way, and there will be times in your life where you will feel this way. And I tell you, I love the words. I love the words at the end of what he says in this passage here. The song that we sang, Rejoice in the Lord. Some of the words from that song are from this verse. But I want you to notice what he is feeling, but what he says he knows. Because prayer, unfortunately, many times it's something that we only do emotionally. Okay, And then it's okay to be praying when you're emotional, but sometimes your emotions aren't going to feel like praying. Sometimes your emotions are going to tell you, hey, this isn't going to work. and We've got to learn to just do it Anyway, because while we all believe God, and while I think everybody in here would admit that, or they say that they believe that prayer works, they believe that God can do anything, but we don't always feel that way. And Job here in this passage, we see him kind of in the same situation. It says in verse 1 Then Job answered and said, Even today is my complaint bitter. My stroke is heavier than my groaning. Oh, that I knew where I might find Him, that I might come even to His seat, 
He's talking about God there. Job has been through a horrible time. If you don't know the story about Job, in chapter 1 you can read it. It's horrible. Job was a very rich man. He was a very godly man. He feared God. He hated evil. Satan comes before God one day and he's from walking through the earth and God asks Satan a question, have you considered my servant Job? There's none like him in the earth. One that fears God and eschews evil. And Satan says, Lord, the only reason Job is faithful to you is because you've been good to Job. You've put a hedge of protection around Job. And the devil says, I can't get to Job. And if, but if you let me take what he has, he'll curse you. You know, sometimes as Christians we're like that. Boy, we love God when things are going good, but when things go bad, it's a different story. And Job, things are going good, but God removes that hedge and He tells Satan, you can have whatever you want, but save his life. And Satan, he took everything. He took all ten of Job's children. Every bit of Job's possessions, he lost all in one day. Job, he still prays the name of God. The Lord giveth, the Lord hath given, the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Satan comes before God again, and God says, Job, he's still doing good. Satan says, If you let me touch him, then he will curse you. You let me take everything, but let me touch him. And God said, Alright, you can do whatever you want to him, but you can't kill him. And Satan does something horrible to Job. Job is covered. Head to toe with boils. I, I'm telling, I can't even imagine how horrible that would be. I've had two boils in my life at two different times, and they are awful. I can't imagine being covered by them. They're very painful. They're very disgusting. And Job, he's lost everything, and he's suffering physically, and his wife's nagging him at the same time. She's telling him, curse God and die. You might as well just die, Job. Look at the condition you're in. You've lost everything. Job, curse God and die. Job still didn't do it. He said, you're speaking as one of the foolish women speaks. Shall we receive good at the hand of the Lord and not evil also? He said, hey, we all accepted all that good that God had for us and we enjoyed it. But now the bad's come. We're going to take that too. And Job, he's doing right. But let me tell you though, it got difficult on Job. Job had three friends that decided to come and comfort him. But all these three friends did was try to figure out why all this bad stuff happened to Job. Did you know that sometimes bad things happen to good people for no reason? Not every bad thing that happens to somebody is because they were evil or because of some sin that they did. You've got to be very careful with that kind of thing. And Job was one of those, and they're all trying to figure. Hey, something happens. you did something bad, Job. You've done something wrong. And the truth is, Job hadn't done anything. God was trying to do something in the life of Job that would help people for the rest of the time. The life of Job has been an inspiration to so many people. And the truth is, God never even says for sure why He did it. What He basically ends up telling Job is, you know, you can't possibly comprehend my ways. We can't comprehend the ways of God. He knows so much more than we do. For three chapters, God pretty much just talks about Himself. Ask Job a whole bunch of questions. When Job gets done, he says, I abhor myself. He hated, Job hated himself. Because compared to God, we're nothing. But thank the Lord, He allows us prayer. But sometimes, though, it said our emotions, it, it's not going to sound, it's not going to feel like something that's going to work. 
It might not even be something we want to do. And Job here, he gets to this point where after losing everything, after the pain, after his wife nagging him, after his friends being miserable comforters as he called them, verse 4 it goes on and says, I would order my cause before him and fill my mouth with arguments. I would know the words which he would answer me and understand what he would say unto me. Will he plead against me with his great power? No, but he would put strength in me. There the righteous might dispute with him, so should I be delivered forever from my judge. Behold, I go forward, but he is not there. And backward, but I cannot perceive him. On the left hand where he doth work, but I cannot behold him. He hideth himself on the right hand that I cannot see him. Have you ever felt that way before? Like God's hiding from you? I mean, you're praying, it's like just nothing's happening. And God, can you hear what I'm saying? Can you hear my prayer? Lord, you see what's going on right here? Lord, I know I know the Bible says you can see everything that you have the very hairs of our head numbered. But Lord, I'm in a mess right now. And I'm feeling all alone. And you just you can't find God. You're praying and it's like nothing's happening. And that's how Job is feeling right now. Job's emotions are telling him that God is nowhere to be found. But you know what? Job hadn't heard this verse yet. But the Bible does say that He will never leave us nor forsake us. God is always there. We know that from the Word of God. But sometimes we can't see it. We can't feel it. And so Job, though, after explaining his emotions, you know it's okay to express your emotions sometimes. It's okay when you're praying to God to say, Lord, I'm not feeling it right now. Lord, I'm having a tough time believing right now. There's a story in the New Testament of a man who came to Christ. The disciples, they couldn't cast the devil out of his son. And Jesus said, do you believe? And he said, Lord, I believe. He cried out. But then he said, help thou mine unbelief. He was struggling. But boy, he tried. He wasn't feeling it, but he did the right thing. He came to Christ and his son was healed. But here in verse 10, I love what Job said. Enough with the emotions. I'm going to go down with what I know. Well, knowledge tells me. And he says, But he knoweth the way that I take. When he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. I don't know what's going on right now. I don't know where God is. But he knows where I'm at. And when he's done with me, I'm going to come forth as gold. When he's done with me, I'm going to be a better person. Something good is going to happen. And you know, prayer is its the most wonderful gift that God has given us. The ability to communicate it with Him. To enter boldly into the throne of grace. To boldly enter the presence of God. You can pray anywhere. You can pray here at the altar. You can pray at home. You can pray in your closet. You can pray while you're driving down the road. I mean, there's, there's no place that you can't pray. We can boldly do it. You don't have to go get your hair fixed. You don't have to, I mean, you don't have to do none of that stuff. You can just, whenever, when you wake up in the morning, you can immediately pray before even brushing your teeth. Did you know that in the Old Testament, before, the only one who could go into the Holy of Holies was the high priest once a year? He'd go in there, he'd have to wear bells on the bottom of his garment. He'd have to have a rope tied around him. Because when he went into that Holy of Holies, if everything wasn't right, if he hadn't been properly cleansed, if he hadn't done every little detail of the cleansing right and every little detail of the sacrifice right, he'd fall over dead. 
And nobody was going to go in there to go get him, but they got to get him out. So they tie that rope around. If that priest would go in there, fall over dead, they'd drag him out of there. In the tabernacle before the temple, Aaron's two sons, they offered strange fire. They, I don't understand fully what it was they did, but they didn't do the sacrifice exactly right. And the fire came out and it consumed them. And they both died right there. It was a, it was a very scary thing. It was a very privileged thing to be able to go in there. But scary at the same time. But the Bible says when Jesus died on the cross, the veil of that temple, this gigantic, extremely thick curtain that was woven from side to side, was ripped from top to bottom. A thing that's impossible for man to do, but God did it. He ripped that veil in half, basically telling the world that you know what? Anyone can come in now. Not just the high priest. We don't have a temple like that anymore. Our bodies are the temple of living God. We can, we can pray anywhere. And boy, there's some great promises with prayer. And sometimes these promises, they are, when people read them and they don't exactly work like they want to, they don't understand some things, it causes them to doubt prayer. But Mark 11.24 says, Therefore I say unto you, what things soever ye desire when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. Well, I tell you, you watch the TV evangelists. They're real good at preaching on prayer. They'll get you a lot more excited about it than I will. Of course, after you try it, you're going to be a lot more discouraged probably. But they're real good at this stuff. You know, just anything you ask for. Just ask it and God's going to... You, you, want, you want that $1,000? You want, you want that $1,000? You know, just pray and make sure you send it to me first. And you know, Lord will give you, you know, Lord will give you ten thousand back. Give you double back. I mean, they're they're real good at that stuff. And they'll use all these. You know, if you should ask anything in my name, I will do it. Did you ask in the name of Jesus? I know you want to be you know healed of that cancer. Did you ask in the name of Jesus? You're healed. There was a lady one time. She visited my dad's church, and uh, she was kind of strange. And uh, you have some goofy ones that come through churches sometimes. And there was a la- another lady that was in the church that had found out she had cancer, and she asked at the church. Would pray for her, and you know the church prayed for her. And after church, that lady was talking to her, and she's like, she's like, well, praise the Lord, they, you know, your cancer's gone, you're healed, you don't even need to worry about it anymore. It's like, you don't know that, <laughs> and she hasn't been to the doctor yet. She's like, no, you're healed, don't even worry about it anymore, you're healed. And this lady, she was just visiting the church, and saying, I was like, okay, she, they were on vacation. I was like, you really need to end this vacation, go back, and. You know, that lady's cancer wasn't healed right away. I don't even remember what happened to her, but I often wondered if she got discouraged when she went back and got a test and there was still some cancer there. And that lady had been telling her she was healed and she wasn't yet. People, they get, they get crazy with some of this stuff. But these verses are still true. John 16.23, And in that day you shall ask Me nothing. Verily, verily I say unto you, whosoever you shall ask the Father in My name, He will give it you. Matthew 21.22, And all things whatsoever ye shall ask in prayer, believing ye shall receive. Romans 8.32, He that spared not His own Son, but delivered Him up for us all, how shall He not with Him also freely give us all things? What do you want? You want that new car? You want the new car? Go pray for it. Just pray, pray for it. It's, it's yours. Alright? And people will say things like that with these verses, get going a little crazy. But the truth is, I've prayed for things before that I haven't gotten. I've asked for I've asked for things that the Lord did not answer, and the truth is there really is no unanswered prayer. Just like my dad, I would always we'd ask him things all the time, and we'd always get answers. Just wasn't always the answer we wanted. We got a lot of no's 
The one that my dad liked to use that I hated was, uh, we'll see. In other words, wait. I need, an, I need an answer. I want to know. I hated that one. And you know what? God does the same thing sometimes. Sometimes He says yes to our prayers. Sometimes He says no. But a lot of times He says wait. I think the, I think Dad was like that. The Lord knew He needed to be that way because I, He was going to be telling me the same thing. He knew what was coming in the future. And boy, I hate that answer, wait. But it is, it is, a, it is an answer. But many times when we pray, things they don't turn out like we wanted them to. And if we're not careful, they'll cause doubts in our minds about prayer. And if things don't turn out our way, people will say, well, there must be something wrong with these verses. But there's no problem with any of those verses I gave you. There's problems with some of the things I was saying after it. But really, we'll find, we can find, when we read the context of those verses and read more of the Bible, we'll find, we can find out why our prayers aren't answered the way that we want them to be answered. But one of those, you see in Mark chapter 11, verse 22, the reason it's a lack of faith. Notice that many of those verses said, anything ye shall ask, believing. Anything ye shall ask, <coughs> believing. It's Mark 11.22, And Jesus answered, saith unto them, Have faith in God. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever ye desire when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. Now I don't know about you before, but before, but I've seen I've been to mountains before. And I thought, hey, I wonder if this will work. And thought, Lord, move that mountain. And you know what? It didn't move. But you know what? I really didn't think it was going to. I really didn't think it was going to happen. So why should it happen? I remember when I went to Israel, we were at the Sea of Galilee. Alright? We were at the Sea of Galilee. That was exciting. And I thought, you know what? I'm at the Sea of Galilee. I've got to try to walk on the water. And I tried. We were there on the dock. But I did it. Hanging on real tight and I kind of stepped my foot sunk. Now, the truth is, I didn't really believe it was going to happen. Otherwise, I wouldn't have held on to the side. I'd have just walked right out and did it. And probably what would have happened, I probably still would have sunk. But here's the, and but many and many times when we pray, we don't really believe that God is going to answer our prayers. We don't really believe that He can do it. I mean, we we do it because we're supposed to, and we know the right answers. We say that we believe, but let's just be honest: we really don't believe, and we don't have time to go into. There's many scriptures that we see that go along with that, where Jesus is telling, "Hey, it's because of your unbelief. You don't believe this." And we need to learn to do like Job and just say, forget what the emotions say. I'm going to, I'm going to believe what the Word of God says. And I'm going to do what the Word of God says. And I'm just going to go ahead and pray anyway, even though I'm not feeling it. But our prayers, they ought to be based on the wonder of God. Isaiah 29.14 Therefore, behold, I will proceed to do a marvelous work among this people, even a marvelous work and a wonder for the wisdom of their wise men shall perish and the understanding of their prudent men shall be hid. One of the things that about God that we need to understand is that we can't totally understand Him. I mean, God, the ways of God, they will confound the wisest people. 
We can't possibly understand everything about God. We can't possibly understand everything that He does. We can't understand His power. And sometimes when our prayers, the things that we're asking seem so great, we need to stop and think, wait a minute, I'm praying to God. Even though I can't figure out how He could handle this situation, He's way above me. My wisdom cannot fully grasp the greatness of God. So you know what? I'm just going to pray anyway. I'm going to pray because my God is able to do some amazing things that I can't fully understand. I don't know how God's going to fix this situation, but you know what? I'm going to pray anyway because I know He knows how He could fix it. I'm just going to go ahead and pray because of the wonder of God. But, so what if... Alright, I mean, I've got you believing. Alright, kids, too, they're real easy to get to believe something. I mean, what if, but what if I was to get one of you and say, listen, I mean, this prayer thing's real, this walking in the water thing's real. If you go to the Sea of Galilee with me, I'm telling you, if you believe, you can walk in the water. And boy, you're out there and you're out there on the seashore or you're out there on the dock and I'm getting you all fired up. Man, I'm quoting Scriptures to you. I'm singing songs about faith and about belief. I mean, I've got you all fired up. i got you going. I mean, you're so excited you're about to pass out because you're about to be slain in the Spirit. I mean, I've got you that excited. And you go out there and I walk on the water and boy, you're excited and you go running out there and you don't hold on to the edge of nothing. You step out there and you sink and you fall right in. I mean, right in the water. You believed with all you had in you. I mean, you were almost speaking in tongues. I had you so excited. But you still fell into the water. What is going on? Well, the other thing we need to realize about our prayer is the answer prayer. Sometimes an answer prayer would not glorify God. John 14, verse 13 says, And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. It's got to be whatever God does. When God answers a prayer, when God does anything, it's got to glorify Him. That's we're supposed to glorify God. And what do you think would happen if I went out on the Sea of Galilee and I started walking on the water? Now I could say all praise to Jesus, but who do you think is going to get real famous? Me. And who do you think is going to be getting a lot of glory? Me. Because there's a lot of people that are talking about, that talk about Jesus and believe in Jesus, but I'm the only one that figured out how to walk on water. I'm the only one that had enough faith to do that. And honestly, God has nothing to gain by me walking on the water. It's not going to glorify God. Well, if you walked on water, then people would believe. But God wants them to believe by faith. God wants them to believe because His Word says so. That's how He's glorified. God is glorified when somebody goes and looks and they see what the Scripture says. And when they see things like, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And they say, that's all I have to do? That's what I'm going to do. And they pray a prayer from their heart. And they call on Jesus Christ to save them. That's where God is glorified right there by us believing in His Word. And you know what? There's a lot of people out there that if they saw me walking on water, they might believe, but they wouldn't believe me if I told if I told them the story from the Bible about Jesus walking on the water. God is not glorified in that situation. Therefore, God is not going to answer that prayer. God is not going to have any of us walking on the water. That is that is our prayer, the answer prayer has to glorify God. Our prayers must be based 
on the Word of God. There is nowhere in the Bible where it tells us as Christians we need to be able to walk on water. There's nowhere in the Bible where it says to see people saved, you need to get enough faith to start walking on the water. and You need to be able to put on fancy demonstrations of faith to impress people. That's not in the Bible. It's not anywhere there. And if our prayer is not based on the Word of God, it's not going to be answered. It's got to glorify God. If I'm, Listen, I might, I might get really mad. Some of you may have done this before. And you're, you're upset and it's like, Lord, I hate this person. Lord, they're driving me crazy. Lord, I need You to please kill my neighbor. Now, do you really think God's going to be glorified in that situation? Do you think that's going to make God look good if everybody you're praying for is falling over dead? That's not going to impress God. God's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. He doesn't want people to die because they're evil. He wants them to get right. That's God's will. That's what God wants done. That's where God is glorified. What would glorify God is if those enemies or maybe your maybe your neighbors that are driving you crazy, if you would win them to Christ and their lives were to be changed and you were to become friends. God would be glorified in that situation. God may answer that prayer. But many times our prayers, they are not based on the Word of God at all. Our prayers, an answered prayer has to glorify God. And many times the things we ask for would not glorify God. Listen, there's a lot of things we'd like to see done around this church. There's goals and dreams that we have around here. And you know what? God's will for the finances of Liberty Baptist Church is for the tithes and offerings from His people. And you know what? So I'm not going to pray, Lord, we're going to... Can we please... Start using a portion of our church budget to buy lottery tickets. And Lord, will You bless those lottery tickets and help us win millions of dollars so we can do greater works for You. You think God's going to be glorified that way? No, if we as a church, we build this big, fancy, massive church because of our lottery winnings, God is not going to be glorified in that one bit. But you know, if it's just from His people who aren't rich people, who aren't that? I mean, we're not loaded. We're not millionaires. We're not billionaires. And if we're able to do something like that, then God's glorified. And that's the goal of prayer. We want God to be glorified. But another reason that prayer prayers are often not answered, one, is our lack of faith. Second, the unanswered prayer would not glorify God. But thirdly, is lack of forgiveness to others. Now, this is a big one that's probably... Killing a lot of us because the truth is, there's a lot of things that we pray for that are good, that we believe, that are based on the Word of God, but they don't get answered. But look at what Mark chapter 11, verse 24 says. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever ye desire when ye pray, believe that ye shall receive them and ye shall have them. And when ye stand praying, forgive. If ye have aught against any, that your Father also which is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father, which is in heaven, forgive your trespasses. Now, here's the thing. Why, when we're asking God, all right, Lord, I'm praying for my grandma to get saved. Okay, my grandma's saved, but just an example. I mean, praying for your grandma, that's a wonderful thing. Lord, I'm praying for my grandma to get saved. But God says, hey, you need to forgive some people before I'm going to answer that prayer. What? This is. 
It's for my grandma. I don't have anything against my grandma. Why do I need to forgive somebody of something first? And this is something very important to remember. It's because not one of our prayers deserve to get answered. Not one. We don't deserve to get our prayers answered. Not one bit. Any prayer that God answers is a blessing that we do not deserve. We didn't even deserve to get the prayer of salvation answered. But God forgave us when we admitted our sin. And we still sin even after we're saved. And for God to do good things to us, God is forgiving us every time He answers one of our prayers. God's forgiving us. He forgives us over and over again. And when we are not doing that same thing to somebody else, that aggravates God greatly. You might remember the parable he told of the unjust steward who the king forgave a huge debt, a great debt, and then some other man owed that man an extremely small debt, and he wouldn't forgive him. He went after him. Pay me that thou owest. And boy, when that king found out, he was angry and he had that man thrown into prison. And God has forgiven us so much, we have no right in the world to not forgive anybody else of anything. If you're saved today, I'm telling you, there is nobody out there that you should be able to not be able to forgive. I don't care what they've done to you. It's nothing in compared to what we've done to God. Our sin is what put Him on that cross. And when we're there asking God basically to forgive us every time we're asking for something, and God knows that there's somebody that we're bitter at, somebody that we're not forgiving, God's going to say, you know what? I'll take care of this, but I need you to go take care of that first. He tells there's many pastors. We don't have time to go into all of them that go that that say the same thing. You've got to forgive others their trespasses. Please forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. I believe God does it. I believe God forgives us as we forgive others. And some people aren't forgiving others. Therefore, God's not forgiving them. That's why just be forgiving. It's to your benefit. Oh, you don't care. I hate that person. I want them to fall off the world. I break their back in the process. You hate them that much, but listen, this is for your benefit to forgive them. It's going to do you good to forgive them. I don't know where I heard this. I heard a statement. It was really good. But somebody said that getting bitter at somebody is like you drinking poison and hoping they'll get sick from it. Bitterness will drive you crazy. It'll bug you 24-7 and they're going along their merry way just fine like nothing's wrong. You haven't done one, but boy, we just love to hate those people in our mind. Well, I hope you love that. I hope you love hating people. I hope you love killing them in your imagination more than you love getting your prayers answered. Because that's in the Bible. Lack of forgiveness to others. It must be the way of God. Also, fourth reason... Just real quickly, good things. It's a lack of foresight. Second Peter, chapter one, verse three through nine. I didn't write that one down. Second Peter, chapter one, verse three. Part of our problem, we don't. So we we tend to not look ahead. Many times when we pray, we're thinking about right this second. Right now, it's just kind of how we are in our culture and our society. But it says, according as His divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, uh, 
through the knowledge of Him that hath called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that ye shall be shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off, and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. We're trying to add things to our life. We talked about that a little bit in Sunday school. And part of our problem when we lack these things, we're blind, we can't see afar off. The truth is, many of our prayers, if they got answered, they would ruin our lives. They would ruin our futures. There's been many things in the past that I prayed for that now looking back, I thank God He didn't answer those prayers. There's jobs that I've tried to get in the past that I prayed hard for and I didn't get it. And later, I found out that that was a good thing. It was a horrible place to work. God had something better for me. There's been, I mean, I could go, I could go into so many examples of things that I prayed for. Maybe there's somebody that, maybe you prayed, you know, Lord, I sure would like to have her for a wife. I'd like to have him for a husband. And after, it didn't work out. And later, you found out that it would have been a nightmare. <laughs> she married somebody else and made him miserable. And you're like, that could have been me. <laughs> that could have been me in that mess. Lord, thank You for not answering that prayer. I tell you, I've said that many times. Thank You, Lord, that You did not answer that prayer. But many times, we can't see, we don't see that far off. But God does. God sees what we're asking for and He knows, hey, this will ruin them. This will bring them pain. It will bring them unhappiness. That's probably why you haven't won the lottery yet, even though you might have paid, prayed for it. Because God knew, hey, this is going to destroy your life. It's never helped anybody. And it's people, they don't have that foresight. It must be the will of God. And everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Many times our prayers don't get answered because of a lack of godly priorities. God's will should be our greatest desire. Matthew 6.33 Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. You know what? Many people say, I'll start obeying God after this happens. I'll start going to church after this gets straightened out. I'll start giving my tithe after I get this much money. I'll start. Our priorities have got to line up with the Word of God. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Many of our prayers... Would not if they were answered. Would not lead, they? They don't line up with the will of God. They don't line up with the kingdom of God. We've got to have godly priorities. Lord, your will is number one. Mine's number two. Your will comes first. Mine second. Even Jesus surrendered His will to the will of the Father. Lord, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will. But as thou wilt, as thou wilt have it done. That's what God wanted. We need to have the right priorities. And then lastly, many times the reason our prayers don't get answered, it's a lack of cleansing. Romans chapter 6, verse 12. Last verse I want to read. Romans 6, verse 12. It says, Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body 
that ye should obey it in the lust thereof. You know, if we're constantly getting dirty in the filth of this world, and not we, we need that cleansing. If you're not asking for forgiveness regularly, if you're not in your Bible, if you're not doing the things of God, if you're living a wicked life in sin, listen, God needs you to get out of that mess before He can help you out in these areas. Have you ever seen somebody like that where their their life's just a wreck and they want you to do something for them? It's like, this isn't going to do any good. You've got to get this problem straightened out first. I just need some money. And you'd like to give them money, but you know they're probably going to go spend it on drugs or booze. And it's like, I would like to help them, but boy, you've got to get this fixed first before I can help you. Otherwise, there's nothing I can do. And God's the same way with us. If we regard iniquity in our heart, the Lord will not hear us. If if you've got sin in your life, you need to get rid of it. The lust for the things of this world is what brings about sin in our life. And many times that's what causes our prayers to go unanswered. So you've got to ask yourself the question, do I really believe what I'm praying about? Would God answering this prayer glorify Him? Do I need to forgive somebody? Do I need to get something right with somebody? Do I am I thinking ahead on this, or am I only thinking about right now? Do my priorities line up with God's priorities? And is there some cleansing that I need in my life? We need that cleansing all the time. All the time. I'm not saying you need to get saved over and over again. We only get saved one time from our sins, but we need that cleansing on a regular basis. That's why we need to try to live holy and clean lives. It will help our prayer life. Because you know what? Many of those things that you need, you're praying for. God wants to answer those prayers. But many times, the one standing in the way, it's not Satan. God can take him, no problem. It's us. And we need it. And in the meantime, we just need to keep on doing it. Don't give up on prayer. Keep on praying. Let's stand together. Heads bowed, eyes closed.